Yes, it is Tuesday, March 7. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you if you are just tuning in. Premier League game underway. Early goal for Brentford against Fulham. Seven minutes gone. They're 1-0 up the Bees there in that London derby. Uh, tonight at the Judiciary, Wade Graham is fronting, looking for a downgrade for his shot on South's Davy Mowali. And he'll be out for four weeks if he's unsuccessful. His best-case scenario, he could be fined $1,000. So we'll we'll track that one later tonight. But Jordan Rapiner of the Raiders accepted three weeks for his shoulder charge on Cowboys fullback Scott Drinkwater. Uh, News at the Titans. The Courier-Mail reporting they've kept David Fafita, that he's agreed to terms on a three-year extension worth roughly $800,000 a season. A bit of a pay cut for him uh, compared to his current contract. But uh, Brisbane and Canberra had a big crack at him. But Fafita... It looks like he's staying with the Titans. And uh, just some boxing news as well. Uh, Shout out to Billy Dibb, popular Aussie boxer who's been battling cancer. And yesterday, Dibb's son put on social media a picture holding a sign saying that his dad's in remission. So great stuff. Matt, he is one of the nicest men you'll ever meet in your life. Mm. He's an absolute gentleman. He was a brilliant fighter and he has had... Such a tough fight on his hands. But yesterday was a very special day. I think he had his CT scan. It come back clear. Um, and he's he said, like, he's been very vocal on, on social media, which has sometimes been really hard to, to, to watch and, and see him, you know, going through this battle. Um, and his goal was to, to walk his son to school. You know, all he wants to do is be able to walk his little boy to school. And, yeah, what a what an amazing day yesterday. He's, like I say, an absolute champion. Um, so many people. Uh, he, he's inspired so many people, you know, by uh, believing and, and getting up every day and, and, and having this fight. And, uh, yeah, uh, awesome news. Mm. Awesome news. So, yeah, thoughts are with him, thinking of him and his family. And hope, uh, again, I think any anybody that's that's been through um, what he has. It's still a battle. There's still a long way to go. But uh, yesterday was amazing news. So, yeah, really happy for him. Yeah, horrible news. And um, great to finally think that, you know, he's coming out the other side. And that was uh, great for he and his family uh, yesterday to, to receive that news. But it's just something that, you know, so many people are affected by it, um, you know, and, and everyone has been affected by this horrible disease. And hopefully, one day we're able to find a cure. Uh, it happens to so many good good people, but for Billy to be on the other side of it now, fingers crossed that he can live a long and fruitful life because that's what we want for everyone. And just goes to show you too, you know how you know we worry about things in your life that. In reality, and, and in terms of the bigger picture, it doesn't mean that much. Nothing. Morning, Gutho. Morning, Ben. How are we? Very well, mate. And uh, I guess in the list of frustrating losses, where did that one rate? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> up there. Um, we had we had a fair chance, um, fair share of winning it um, at the back end, and uh, we let a, a, lot, a good opportunity slip early. But um, it's a good learning curve, and uh, I think. The rest of the game, what we did in defence and uh, the way we played was good, but we just let a, let a good opportunity slip. How was the review, Gutho? Because you're right, you did let a good opportunity slip because it just looked like it was there for the taking. You were the better team and you were going to win. Yeah, it's, um, 
it was hard. We we knew straight after the game that we let it slip. Um, there was oh, we had five or six sets late to to ice the game, and uh, that probably comes down to our spine and um, me, Mitch, Dylan, and Hodjo to, to take control of that. We we took the blame in the in the review and. Uh, look, all we had to do is just get to a post and, and put one over. It doesn't matter how you win and um, by how much, but we couldn't do that. And uh, credit to them, they, they made us pay. And um, Harry Grant get, got a good one late, but uh, it's a good learning curve if we, if we come with that attitude every week and, and play like we did for for four to eighty minutes. We're going to be in in most games, and uh, that's the positive we took out of it. Gutho, you mentioned that spine. How much time do you give yourselves and how much time do you think it takes for your ore to gel? Again, I would imagine, you know, a new number nine is is so crucial. Uh, got his hands on the ball more than anybody else. How, how long do you think that takes before you guys, you know, get that or gel how you want to gel? It's hard. It's probably pretty quick. We, we were with for five, six years there and, um, look, we, we hope that it's um, as quick as we can, but look, those things do take time. But uh, we've probably just got got stuck in in trying to score, and we we didn't need to do that late. We just need to just play our natural game. And uh, when me, Dylan, Mitch are, are swinging around and, and just playing every side of the ball, it's uh, that's when we look dangerous, and uh, that's what we're going to try to do this week. I reckon a positive for you guys, Gutho, was your missing. Um your back row from last year and a number of players still being out to play that position. But guys like Jermaine Hopgood and, and Matt Dory, I, I thought were very good for you blokes. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought um, Hoppy was one of the best players on the field and uh, he, played, he hadn't played many games and uh, he'd come out and play 80 minutes against the Storm in round one and uh, put a performance in like he did was outstanding. And I thought, as you said, uh, Dory was outstanding. And I think those, those little sort of combinations will, will take longer to, to sort of adjust to and uh, we've got a whole new back row we've got, we've got middles, our whole bench was different so um, to be able to uh, put a performance in like that against Melbourne round one then uh, we're only losing for the last tackle of the game so um, they're the positives we took out of it but it doesn't get any easier this week with, with the Sharks so we have to make sure we're ready to go and uh, we have to be able to adjust to those combinations quickly and um, to be able to put wins on the wins on the board early. Gutho, we know Josh Hodgson hasn't played a lot of footy in the last 12, 18 months. Had some nice involvements, though. How's everyone adapting around him? Yeah, it's a bit different. Him and Rita are um, a lot different players. He's a lot a lot craftier than uh, than Reid was. Reid was outstanding at what he did, but uh, Hodjo can really change the game, and he loves to just play the, play the game as he sees it, and um, that that's probably the adjustment that, um, our whole team needs to sort of jump on board with, but um, look, I thought we were pretty good with him, mate, to be to be honest. And um, it's only going to get better. And I thought he was outstanding. He had a lot of great touches. Um, his defence was good, and uh, the boys really helped him out. But I thought for his first game in a year, he was outstanding. How good's coming off contract and dealing with journalists, Scutho? <laughs> <laughs> did you see, did you catch Mitch's media conference yesterday? I didn't. Well, I didn't actually watch the media conference, but he come back in after and he was a bit heated. He was a bit heated. So I, I knew something had gone up, and he was he was, just, he was all over the shop after that. But um, look, it's, it's not it's not a fun time of year, and especially when the journalists are doing it's. Um, it's not fun, but hopefully it all gets sorted soon. Gutho, from a player's perspective, like. Do you guys, like, I, I don't know, like, I understand everyone wants to know what he's doing. Like, he's a, he's a 
massive player for Parrot, and certainly the Parrot fans, they want, they would love to find out ASAP that he's re-signed. But yeah. from a player's perspective, like, does anyone even care? Like, he's there. You got him this season. He's going nowhere. You want to win the comp right here, right now. Surely yeah. there's no chat in the change room about it at all. No, we don't care. Clark. He is, I think I said it last week. It's just one of those things that that happen, and uh, contracts take time. They yeah. um, people want something, but some, uh, there's there's always something that someone wants differently to someone else, and this, it, it just takes time. And uh, we haven't spoken about it at all. Uh, we we joke about it sometimes, and um, early on we got into his ear to try and say, "Mate, like we'd love to obviously keep you." And, and all that, but you, you can only do so much. Otherwise, you just start annoying him. And yeah. um, that everyone's got their own management that that look after things. And it, it's just about the time. It just things take time. And everyone's everyone signed a contract where um, it takes a bit longer than 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 it should. And you probably would like it to, but yeah. um, it all sorts itself out. And and once it once he does sign, and no one's going to even remember how long it took. Mm. Well, you know, you, you're playing against the Sharks this week, and they're desperate because they're coming off a loss to South Sydney last week. So you've got two desperate teams. Did you catch much of their game? And are you expecting anything different from the Sharks this season compared to last? Um, I think they're just going to be just as good. And um, Obviously, missing Nico last week. I'm not too sure if he's if he's back this week or not. But um, I thought they were pretty good against against a great uh, South team. And look, they're, they're just a great football team. They just play the game. They, they swing the ball from left to right and, uh, they don't really. They just play footy, and I think what uh, Fitzgibbon's done over there has been outstanding in such a short period of time. And um, as you said, two desperate teams going against each other, and um, I hope that we can just play like we did on the weekend and, and sort of ice the game. You've seen a lot of tough stuff, I'm sure, over the course of your career. What about Cameron Munster? And uh, did you get a look at his more chopped up finger there <laughs> last Thursday night? No, I didn't even really notice that um, that he had done it. I thought he must have gone off for a head knock or, or something like that. And then he come back on after half time and it was all strapped up and it was, it was sort of just oozing blood throughout the game. But um, look, at it, that's that's just what players do these days. They um, probably more so back in the day when when the boys were playing. And um, look, you just you want to be out there and help your team win. And that obviously, money wanted to do the same. And I thought it was a big impact into the, getting them back into the game and, and making sure they won the game. Gutho, I don't know whether you saw a lot of the games over the weekend, but from my point of view, and you've been around a, a while now, I, I thought that was as good an opening start to the year as I've seen. Yeah, I said that to somebody yesterday. I said all the games were uh, really competitive and everyone was up for them. And, uh, well, two, two were by one point. Ours was in extra time and um, all the other games were really close, and I thought um, that the quality of football throughout the whole game, and then the Dolphins coming in and shocking the shocking the Roosters. I thought just the whole quality round was was great for the game, and um, obviously want to be on the winning side. But I thought our game was again really tough, and and played played a really well, sort of good style of footy, and um, that's what you want in that round one. It's I think a few years ago there was a lot of blowouts and. Um, so the teams were just were winning in the first half, so it's great to see for the game. And Gutho, a lot of chat over HIAs in round one. I mean, how comfortable are you with the current process? Um, to be honest, I'm not not too sure. It's um, it's all a little bit chaotic. I think at the moment, personally, it's um, you sort of don't really know if you're going to go off or on. And I think you just got to get up and play. And um, if you do get concussed, you got just got to be honest with them. But um, it's all a bit. I know a few coaches came out over the weekend and 
uh, a few players, but um, look, they're the rules and we just got to adapt to the rules. Fair enough, Gutho. Thanks so much as always. Good luck against the Sharkies. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. And, the, and we tab for that game, Parramatta, $1.52. This is the 6 o'clock game, Fox League, Friday night and KO. $1.52, Para. Cronulla, $2.55. Five and a half is the line there. Cronulla, the plus. I know Para at home, but that's telling me that market. I think that would be a lot closer if Nico Hines was playing. Uh, most definitely. Um, so that's Dalian winner in. of the year mm. last season, um, and more than likely he won't play this week. Mm. Um, I thought Parramatta were really good last week. I, I, I thought they were good, except for that execution. They're trying to win the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, and, and mm. you've got to get that right. But it's the first game of the season, so you can give them, mm. cut them some slack there. And playing as Melbourne, who were a wonderful outfit, they just. Yeah, do what Melbourne do. They they turn up and very rarely do they beat themselves. You've got to do all the little things well. Um, so if, if Parramatta can be better than what they were last year, I think they win. But the Sharks certainly got a lot of improvement left in them as well. And Gutho describing the HIA situation as chaotic at the moment. So mm. it seems like the player's pretty confused. I reckon it sounds, what Gutho just said there, if you do take your small hit, you, you just you're not going to see a player lay down. You're going to see him try and get up ASAP. Yeah. So, but but this is the thing. But if you get like, up and stumble. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Trouble. So yeah. that's why a lot of them <sighs> stay down. So it's just to get a breath a, in. Just to get a breath in yeah. and then get themselves together and then, and then jump to their feet. Yeah. Or some of them stay down looking for a penalty. Grab your stomach. So, so <laughs> grab the, your shoulder. Yeah, so the one I think people <laughs> won't stay down anymore. I think they'll just get up yeah. because they know if they've been clipped around the head, then there's a possibility they'll, they'll go off. Yeah. But I still think if you're stunned... You've got to give yourself a Yeah, you've got to give yourself... Because if you get up and stumble, you're gone for the game. Yeah, okay. So so oh. you'll just stay... Players will just... They'll try to find... It's oh, like coaches, you find, you find a, a way loophole. around it, though, don't you? Yeah. Like, because you don't want to go off the field. No. You, no. you want to just... Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But the, anyway. they're trying to protect them from themselves. Yeah. And that's what they need to do. And yep. protect the game because there'll be class actions yeah, for sure. d- down the road if, if that doesn't uh, occur. But I, I, I think it's just a matter of us getting used to it mm. and yep. realising that the game has changed and it's changed forever. The NRL will certainly not back down. Um, but I think we want a bit more clarity around the system even though the NRL are happy with it, us as fans, we sit there and we get a little bit confused because we see an innocuous tackle yeah. or someone getting touched or clipped and you go, why are they taking it from the field? And yet we see it happen again and someone's allowed to stay out there. Yeah, I think that's what, I think Gutho, that's long and short of what he just said as well. There's, it's a bit inconsistent at the moment. We actually don't know what's going on. You just get up and play until you get that tap on the shoulder and then if you've got to go off, you've got to go off. Adrian, good morning. Okay, guys, how are you going? Now, pretty well, thank you. What have you got for Look, us? Canterbury's going to have to deal with the elephant in the room, and that's Kyle Flanagan. Look, he seems like a nice guy, but unfortunately he's not of NRL standard. At any other club, he could be the third-choice halfback. That's just... got to, They've got to make that call. Yeah, well, he hasn't proven himself to be a top-notch number seven that can control a game and someone that... He's going to be given a, a long-term shot at it. He's been given an opportunity. He hasn't nailed it. And you're probably right, Adrian, that they've got to make a decision shortly on his long-term future at that, that club. Um, 
I think there was a lot more reasons for their display uh, on the weekend. Not only was it was it Cole, I think there was other areas of the game that, that let them down. But I, I understand where you're coming from because Cole's been given a number of opportunities and he just hasn't quite grabbed it. Um, and it's going to be difficult for him if he, if you know, if he gets dropped at the Bulldogs to see what other club is going to sign him as a number one seven. You know, he, his future might be to go over in the English Super League for a year or two, learn his trade over there and come back and then see if he gets another opportunity because at the moment he's just not consistent with his footy. And I think, I think you're right. I, I think the, the Bulldogs have got him there as their number seven, but if they don't improve, then they've got a tough decision to make. Look, I mean, he needs to follow in the footsteps of Brady Croft. He's done the same thing. I think he won the Man of Steel or something. Now he's on like a 10-year contract. I, I think it helps him, Adrian, because we've got yeah. this expectation on young playmakers that they know everything at the start of their career. And and that's fine, but we put such a high price on them because, oh, they're a number seven, they've got so much talent, they should understand the game. They, they don't, some of them. So they're better off to go and learn, play in a, another level, and then get that experience and then come back and hopefully that's helped them develop and understand the game, how in particular a playmaker should play. And I think, I think Kyle, if it doesn't work out for him, that's his best option is to go over there and seek that improvement that he's after and then come back and maybe have another, another opportunity. But you've got to be brutal in this game at times and, and if, if you're not you know, there... You've got to make some tough decisions. I mean, they, they play the Storm this weekend, right? They should be going down and expecting to win the game because the Storms basically haven't got a back line. They've got so many star yeah. players out. And mm. Canterbury was easily the most disappointing side of the weekend. Matt Burton had an atrocious game. Um, but I'd, back, know, but I'd back him to hit back this week, though, Burton. Yeah. Yeah. He's a quality footballer yeah. for sure, but... You know, it was just so disappointing. So they should be looking to win that game with so many Storm players out. That should be their attitude. But they got that young guy they picked up from the uh, Brisbane at Carl. Oh, yeah, yeah I watched him. I watched him on Saturday. Yeah. And he's 95 kilos. He's a big boy. So, um, you know, he's only 18. Honestly, I'd throw him in. Well, you know what? I, I don't think that's a silly idea. But I, I, I think Josh will get an opportunity at some point. Mm. Uh, I know Grubb's not a natural number seven, Joshy Reynolds. Um, but I think I watched a bit of that New South, New South, South Cup Wales game. Cup game. Mm. Um, and I was wondering why he's off the field. I thought he might have been injured. But I think they just said they took him off, rested him. But he's an option. Um, and I reckon playing against Melbourne, that's just the type of bloke that I'd want in the side this week. Someone that's just going to get it up in your face of the, the Melbourne storm. Um, you know what he's going to bring to a footy team. He can inspire others around him. You know, this might be an opportunity for Josh Reynolds this week. And uh, appreciate that, that young boy, Carl uh, Lopu. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's got class. You hmm. dropping your number seven after one game? Uh, yeah, it's a possibility. I could. Yeah, most oh, definitely. Yes, you tough marker. We have a yeah. decent want, sample size though. There now. Yeah. I don't want you to coach me. Yeah, <laughs> give, no, me, give me a couple of games. No, I, I think you've got to make that tough, hard decision quickly. Straight away. Okay. I don't think this is just a one-off. I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to go, well, I'll give him another two weeks to see. I think we've seen Carl. Really? And we've seen what he's doing. Again, I, I'm not blaming him for their performance on the weekend. Mm. 
because he was okay, but I think they just need something else. Appreciate the call, Adrian. And uh, yeah, in that New South Wales Cup game, I think the Dogs were down 16-0 against Blacktown, Manly's feeder club, and they ended up winning 36-16. And uh, yeah, all reports are Alopu was very good. Yeah, he had some nice touches for a young boy. He's going to have a big career if he stays injury-free. And we saw Isaiah Katoa acquit himself. Yes, he made some mistakes, but still he offered something for the Dolphins. Yeah. And he, they're the same age, virtually. And sometimes, yeah, it, as hard as it is after round one, you're better off to pull the trigger early than allow it to go on and on and on and give someone an opportunity if you're not really confident that they can do the job. So that'll be a decision that Cameron Terraldo will confront at some stage if they're losing games. Every key position player is looked at and looked at more harshly than others. But that's a responsibility that comes with the job. And that's a responsibility that comes with being the number seven of a footy team. It's, it's your ownership of that team and what you can provide and how you get them around the park and what decisions you make and how you get the best out in other people that you're judged on. Brentford 1-0 over Fulham in the Premier League this morning. 39 minutes gone. Just a couple of texts here. We're going to speak to Brumby's coach, Stephen, Stephen Larkin, by the way, shortly. But on the text line, g'day, lads. Seems like all the fans are and will still keep using the Redcliffe name, as they should. It was great to hear the chant of Redcliffe ring around the ground on the weekend. New Redcliffe Dolphins fan here, says Azza. I'm completely fine if they called them Redcliffe laws. Oh. And just have the dolphins. Does it, What's wrong with that? No. Well, I think you you can't stop anyone calling out a name once they're inside the stadium, and I think that'll continue. I think people will, when they turn up to a home game for the dolphins, will chant out Redcliffe. Mm. If if that's what they've done for a hundred years, that's what they'll continue to do because they've got rusted on Redcliffe Dolphins supporters. Now I understand that people want. Redcliffe attached to the Dolphins. Look, I'm neither here nor there with it. Um, I think what we should be celebrating is the fact that the Dolphins came into the competition and in their first game have won against the real heavyweights in the Roosters. In a magic performance on a day where Rugby League celebrated a new team, Wayne Bennett proved what a master coach he is, uh, massive upset, possibly the, the biggest upset we'll see this year. Um, and a team that's announced themselves as someone that has got a massive sort of future. And and I, I don't think it will take as long as people were expecting it to take for them to be competitive because I think they've shown right here and now they will be competitive. The only question mark I have with the Dolphins will be their depth. You know, that's, it's round one. So round one, they play terrifically well. But if they start to get injuries, I really worry about how much depth they've got underneath. But that'll change over a period of time. That'll change in three or four years' time because they've got a great junior system in Redcliffe as well. Uh, one all, by the way. Fulham have just scored to equalise in that match against Brentford in the Premier League. But uh, we're now going to talk some super rugby. And, uh, well, the Brumbies, they've been the standard pretty much uh, since the inception of super rugby and someone who's had... A big hand, both as player and coach in that dominance, is Stephen Larkin back in Australian rugby after a stint at Munster in Ireland. And the Brumbies are 2-0 after wins against the Waratahs and then 25-20 against the Blues in Super Round in Melbourne 
on the weekend. Bernie, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. And aside from the scoreboard, what's been the most pleasing aspect about the opening fortnight? Uh, a lot of emotion, I guess, within the team, and I think we handled it really well. Um, really good um, environment for the boys to play in in the first round against the Waratahs. I thought the crowd was amazing. Um, the atmosphere was amazing there. And then um, we had a big atmosphere down in Melbourne as well this week, and I think uh, we've done a really good job in handling the emotions around both of these games. Um, and we've come through pretty much unscathed. We were lucky enough to sort of keep... Um, the bulk of our 23 together for the two games. Um, and it looks like we've come out of this game pretty well as well. Steve, congratulations. I mean, any time you beat the Blues is a wonderful achievement. It was 25-20 at half time, no points in the second half. What was the difference between the first half performance and the second half in terms of the style of game? Um, I don't think there was, there was too much difference in terms of the style of the game. There were just a couple of opportunities that we missed and that they missed. I think there were probably two clear ones um, that we scrambled really well and shut them down and, and, and likewise we had two opportunities down that left edge and they scrambled really well and shut it down so it could have been an extra 14 points for both teams um, there was a lot of heat um, it was 32 degrees um, obviously the emotion around the, the first round and the second round went into that game um, and then just the environment down in Melbourne um, so I think like I said, there was, there was a lot of emotional energy spent in the first two rounds. Um, both teams were out on their feet. If you look right at the end of the game, I think there were four Blues players down cramping. Um, and we actually played, we didn't put all of our subs on, so we played with 22 through the game. Um, and they kept one of their subs right until the last minute of the game. So, yeah, it was pretty frenetic um, in terms of the back and forth. Ball in play time was higher. Um, again this week compared to last season um, and then just the heat it got to the boys in the end you take on the Reds then at home this weekend in terms of your prep does that mean you have to back off a little bit this week yeah six day turnaround um, and and definitely the physical toll out of those first two games we're conscious of that Um, we've got our first training day today Um, we'll make sure it's nice and light we'll go pretty hard in the morning tomorrow and then um, we'll have a good session on Thursday afternoon and then, and then give the boys a good break into the game. Steve, how have you enjoyed this head coach role with the Brumbies? Obviously, um, been around footy for such a long period of time, but do you still get nervous leading up to games? Uh, what's your expe- expectation with the boys in and around preparation? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had a really good prep. I, I guess um, for me coming back, uh, I learned a lot overseas. We yeah. experimented with a lot last time I was here, um, and we want to sort of put it all into practice this time. So we'd, we'd been preparing for round one for about six months. We've spoken about the Waratahs as our first game. Um, we changed our format leading into a game week. Um, so leading into a game, um, the two days leading into a game has changed this year. Um, we've certainly spent a lot of time preparing for how we prepare for games. Um, and yeah, I'm still getting nervous, um, no doubt about that. I think, uh, there's a big difference over in Europe. You're sort of playing 11 months of the year. So you get, you get four weeks off, um, over there and then you're back into it. So you get into that, you get into that routine of playing week in, week out over here. You've got a big off season. You've got to do a lot of work in that off season. And then the, the season itself is kind of a sprint. So there was a few nerves coming into that first game just because it'd been six months mm. before just, competition. Just on that then, Steve, 
out here in in Australia and New Zealand, you know, our Super Rugby comp. But do we play a more expansive game than what they do over there in the Northern Hemisphere? It, what, yeah, what's different? Yeah, yeah, we do, but it's only because of the conditions. So, I mean, we were living on the west coast of Ireland in Limerick, and I'd say there were probably twenty days a year where there was no wind and no rain. Um, and you're sort of faced with that when you're training, faced with that when you're playing. Um, yeah, the competition's just different because of the, the, the weather conditions more than anything else. Um, so, yeah, we do. We, obviously, we start the competition uh, late February, um, and we've still got pretty hot temperatures like we experienced on the weekend. Um, and it is conducive to keeping the ball in hand. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of that, and I think, I think both countries now are, are expecting... Um, ball in hand rugby and, and for the majority of it you can see the scores over the first two rounds there is some really entertaining rugby being played we're speaking with Brumby's coach Stephen Larkham and, and Steve luxury to win these opening two games too with Nick White and Noah Lolisio coming off the bench you must have great faith in the depth of your squad yeah built really well I think uh, we had a couple of games last year September October against the Waratahs and the Rebels and we had um we had Ryan and Jack playing those. Um, we had Ryan and Jack play together in the trial games this year as well. So it made sense for the continuity to come into the season with those two starting. And I thought, yeah, I mean, you have a look at the, their, their performances in these first two rounds. It's been phenomenal. Um, and, and likewise, when Whitey and Noah have come off the bench, um, they've added real leadership and experience and controlled that back end of the game, which is also just as important as the first 50. Eddie Jones, how often has he been around, Steve? Yeah, we're seeing him every week. Um, he's been really good, actually, uh, in contact with a few of the boys, um, with the staff as well. Um, yeah, you can feel his presence. You know that he, he wants the Australian teams to do well. Um, his comments on the weekend that it's not good enough to, to lose the New Zealand teams anymore. Um, so, yeah, he, he's been a breath of fresh air, definitely. I mean, the, the previous coaching regime was really good to deal with as well, but... Um, Eddie brings his own little twist to it. Mm, you know Eddie um, well, but what will he bring to this Australian rugby team that's maybe been lacking or a little bit different to the Dave Rennie era? Um, oh, look, you know, I think you've got to be careful when you're talking about the, the different eras. Dave, Dave was an excellent coach, and I think he had a really good um, coaching group with him. They had a lot of injuries. Um, and I think that'll be the first thing that they tighten up, that Eddie will tighten up. He'll make sure that the program is running so that they're not going to be um, you know, putting players into that situation where um, they're getting overloaded. And I think that was the case. Um, just coming out of different programs last year, m- multiple different S&C coaches in the Wallaby setup. Uh, you know, Eddie's gone around to all the provinces. He's, he's spoken to uh, all the pro- provinces, the head coaches, all the staff in the provinces to sort of get a, a lay of the land. And, and I'm sure that's going to be the first thing that he does just making sure that there's continuity between the provinces and the national team. How is Alan Alatoa after his knock on the weekend? How likely is he to play against Queensland? No, no, no. He's out now. So the new HIA protocols, he's, he's at least 12 days there. So it's mm. a six-day turnaround for us. So, yeah, that's a new protocol that's coming into place. Um, you know, safety, player safety is certainly high on the agenda for world rugby at the moment. And, and for us, we want to make sure that we're uh, looking after players because it is a, a fantastic game, but um, it's a contact sport. So we've got to make sure that um, uh, we're giving these guys every opportunity to recover from, from head nights, just, just like we do for any other injury. 
Well, Bernie, it's great to have you back and appreciate your time this morning and uh, good luck against the Reds this week to try and make it 3-0. and yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And Stephen Larkin there, the Brumbies $1.50, the Reds $2.50. That slipped me, actually, that they've got the mandatory 12-day stand-out. Mm. So they've got it in the AFL. They've got it in rugby. Oh, it's coming in rugby it's league. It's inevitable in the yeah, AFL. Yeah, it will be. Um, and I think that that helps protect the game as well when you've got that mandatory stand-down policy. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I would have thought it would be in by now. Mm. I would have thought because I know that that was something that was discussed in the off-season. And with rugby league, the way it is, we talk about contact sports and we talk about the independent doctors being involved at the moment. I, I, I'm a supporter of it. I, I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a supporter of the mandatory stand-down period. I, I think it's hard to believe that if you suffer a concussion over a six- or seven-day period, then you can be okay again to play the next weekend I, I know physically you might feel right but I and I'm, I'm no doctor but I just feel the perception and even the science would say that you, you couldn't fully be recovered could you I'll, I'll go with the science the fact it's brought in that says something doesn't it well I would have thought so mm. because if you have suffered a, a knock you, you can't be right in six or seven days I mean a heavy knock mm. I'm not talking like a little glance where you come off Proper an assessment. Concussion. But if you, yeah, if you, if you, if you mm. have a concussion or even if you don't pass your HIA, mm. there's been some damage done. So I would mm. think you err on the side of caution and bring in a mandatory stand-down policy of 10 days, 12 days, whatever it may be. But I just remember, was it Mitch Moses last year? I think he I think got, it was, yeah. And he, and he played the following following week mm. um, that probably didn't sit well with me seeing someone go down and I'm not questioning doctors here I, I, I just the perception of it didn't look good when he got knocked out and then played the following week yeah and that was uh, that was during the finals mm. too wasn't it yep mm. yeah, and there's obviously been a couple more and you know the players escaped me but I, I, I think the look of that wasn't great last yeah, year. Yeah, that was the first final, and he played the next week against the Raiders. Time to review Saturday's racing, and Brad Davidson joining us. Davo, good morning. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks. And what'd you make of the Zach Purton Group 1 double on the weekend? Yeah, he was outstanding, wasn't he? Both rides, guys, were were uh, unbelievable, really. Um, to get Artorias home, uh, just uh, able to get it into a position in front of a, a few horses, I've been saying for some time that's the way to ride this horse not ride him stone cold but get him in front of a few horses and he'll still finish off for you and gee even at the 100 meter mark you thought he can't win this race but he found a way Zach and then uh, backed that up in the in the guineas with uh, communists got it into a, a perfect spot and the horse did the rest so yep we'll uh in a bit of chat around that, that Zach might uh even move back to, to Sydney so I think he's going to make a decision in the in the next couple of couple of months so uh, he said he's not swaying either way at this stage, but we'll be interesting to see what he does. There'd be a, definitely a big welcome addition to the, uh, the Sydney Jockey ranks if he decides to uh, return home. What's the latest news on Ethan Brown after that horrible fall down in Melbourne on Saturday? Yeah, we're still waiting for a, a further update. Loz is in a, a stable condition in hospital. He underwent surgery there on Sunday night. Um, 
in relation to abdominal injuries and and uh, yeah, we're waiting to, to see sort of get a further update there yesterday. But look, yeah, in a stable condition, sounds uh, pretty nasty. Some of the injuries there, so our thoughts continue to be with Ethan um, after that that horror fall in the Australian Guineas um, was was very very tough to watch. And uh, yeah, look, a terrific guy, terrific young rider. He's been doing some really good things in the in the last six months. So um, yeah, we just hope that uh, he comes through that and. And uh, it gets back on the on the men soon, but um, yeah, Legato, the, the New Zealand filly, able to take out the Australian Guineas, and see a few of the Kiwis ran really well on the weekend, didn't they? In territories, and of course, Sharp and Smart took out the Derby over there, so it might be a big uh, carnival for the New Zealand horses. We don't exactly have uh, a lot of stars here in in Australia at the moment, and uh, they might be able to come over and uh, take a lot of our riches this autumn. And as far as the two-year-old, the golden slipper picture is concerned, gee, Cylinder, just looking at the market here, just it's kept firming since Saturday, since winning the Totman, into $3.50 at the top of the market, learning to fly $4.50, uh, red resistance seven, then double figures for King's Gambit, Don Corleone, Little Bros, etc. But Cylinder, $3.50, does it deserve to be that price? Well, it deserves to be favourite. Um, whether it deserves to be three dollars fifty, they, they tend to get a little bit skinny in these uh, in these futures markets a lot of the time. But look, I think he went up four dollars fifty after the the results there on the weekend, and learning to fly was still four dollars. But look, I think he had to go into favouritism. He he ran a quicker time than learning to fly. He looks to be on the up where. Learning to fly looks to a plateau to, uh, touch to mine. I think she's going to be a better horse, no doubt, written with cover instead of leading there on the weekend. But they went out much faster in her race and, and produced an overall slower time. So that's alarm bells for me when they do that. And, um, yeah, I think Cylinder definitely deserves to be favourite and will start favourite in the Golden Slipper in a couple of weeks' time, barring anything else. Uh, you know, we've got the, the couple of two-year-old races this weekend, but generally that's the the last chance saloon and, and nothing from that race normally starts favourite in a Golden Super, so you would think he would be uh, top seed at the moment. Who are you following out of the meeting? Look, Giga Kick's the obvious one, guys. He obviously caught that check at the start and, and made up a, a stack of ground late in the in the 1,000-metre feature there on the weekend. Um, you know, he's going to be better over further, and I thought his return was, was outstanding. And I thought Dashing Legend, gee, this horse has come back particularly well. Two from two, this preparation ran sensational time, and and not many horses ran time there on the on the weekend, so keep an eye on her. She seems to be flying, uh, and uh, yeah, just going great guns at the moment. What's in the sin bin? Oh, I think we can put Sulcum in there, guys. That's two disappointing runs now. I know he's going to continue to get better over further, but he, he just seems to be struggling this preparation, as does Golden Mile for mine. He he, uh, that's twice now where he's sort of taking up a huge percentage of the market, but he hasn't really uh, shown that he's made that development at this stage. So. Uh, for me, we'll throw those two in the sim bin at this stage. Thank you, Dave. Chat tomorrow. No worries, guys. Look forward to it. Cheers.